What does a day in the life of a college athlete look like? I feel a day in the life of a first 15 player is quite, it's very busy and there's always a bit of stress involved uh, because those boys have got a training pretty much every day except Friday and Sunday. They have a big program getting all their work done as well as their sports. They'll have five trainings, three are on-field trainings, and then two strength or power-based trainings that we do down in the gym. On a Monday, usually they're doing something that's recovery-orientated, recovery and skill, so it's, it's, it's called what, it's, it's labelled what we call a flush session. So the idea is it's just getting them moving again, and then there might be some games and skill elements involved in that. Wednesday and Thursday afternoons are normal rugby training sessions, and then we do a Tuesday and Thursday gym session. How do you know when you're like pushing them too hard or maybe they're not performing at like the level that you, they should be? And like, what do you do if that happens? Okay, the big problem we have is that we don't know when we're pushing them too hard. We don't know when things are getting tough for them. Because we don't know anything about their life outside of this, what they're doing academically in their sport. So one of the big gaps for us at the moment is understanding what else is happening in their life that got, might be adding to the stress. If we know that boys are under stress, we find out through parents, then we, we ask them to stop t training or to take some time away from their sport to get, get back on top of their academic or their well-being. They might not be sleeping or they might have the flu or COVID. So we just say, take time out of your sport. So in terms of knowing if we're pushing them too hard, it's probably more a case of just checking in with them regularly. So it's conversations in the, in the weight room or out on the pitch. Um, we do, so uh, it's called a performance prep check. All right, so it's a questionnaire where the boys are asked about uh, things like their sleep, their energy levels, their mood, their academic um, commitments and then any extra other commitments they have outside of school or sport. So we get a bit of a picture of how they rate themselves on each of those. So it's, it's kind of telling us how they're feeling with that. And if you can, you can see if they're a bit overwhelmed and we can then have a conversation about, okay, we can adjust your training. So either you don't do this training or we make it a bit lighter or we change the type of training they do. So rather than a intense strength-based session, they might do some stretching and recovery based options as well so it's it's more about i guess asking them questions finding out how they are and then adapting on the on the go like that what are some key principles that you prioritize in your sports programs the key principles are you've got to be coachable so it's what we call coachability it's being able to listen to the coach interpret what he's saying and put that into action that's the most important thing. The second most important principle is planning. Planning your day and your program over a week so that you're not under pressure. So those are the two most important things and then we've got that then we've got all our school college values in place and they've got to they've got to live by those values. For me in particular yes. there's a lot around so obviously because we do a lot of in the weight room stuff is the technique that they use, right? So priority for me is always making sure that movements are done correctly, correctly uh, under control, and we're not trying to load them to do max max weights or anything like that. Um, it's a long-term game, so 
even though, yeah, okay, we do this training for them to prepare for their matches on the weekend and during the season, they're still very young uh, teenage boys. Uh, we want to make sure they're enjoying their training. We want to make sure they're enjoying their sport. So making changes and making sure that we're not putting any extra stress and, uh, I guess, undue pressure on them so that they actually enjoy participating and being part of it. So for me, it's, it's all those different messages around that, making sure that they understand, you know, it's a long-term process and it's not just about having to win on Saturday. What type of culture do you like, try to create with your sports teams? Like? We're trying to create a brotherhood of a group of boys who want to look after each other and protect each other and do the best for each other. That's, that's the culture we're trying to create, where they're just looking after their own, their mates, playing with their mates, and by having a brotherhood, we feel that when you're playing with your mates, it'll always be fun. So it's definitely revolves, we do a lot of our training as teams and squads, right? So it's probably about connection as a team in a different environment, so they know that they're all working together and all training hard, trying to get themselves individually to a better position, which then has a flow-on effect to helping the team as well, right? So it's, uh, I guess, trying to get them to think about, okay, individually they're preparing themselves and building themselves for long-term, but coming together as a group together, training, working hard together, and, and having a common goal, that's kind of the focus of it. Um, obviously, there's individual progress, right? People grow and develop and get stronger at different areas. So you have to you have to be aware of that and adapt to that. But also, yeah, thinking about this is it's another team activity. It's another team event, uh, team training during the week, and it all builds to building good team culture. And with selections like for teams and things, do you base it just off their skills, or is there, is there other factors? So our selection criteria will have about nine points. The nine points are, firstly, you've got to be what we consider in a safe environment. So, for example, if you're 60 kilos dripping wet, we wouldn't put you in a first 15 against boys that, you know, quite often twice your, um, twice your size. And that's the same in the junior boys too. So... We're trying to, it's got to be safe first, right? And then number two, we're going to have players to follow rules and keep, follow rules and keep high standards on and off the field. So that's uniform, presentation, language, body language, communication with coaches, which I said that coachability, that's number two. Um, ability to have what we call a growth mindset. The ability to listen and change. Four is proven values around team and respect, which is a college philosophy. And then number five is rugby ability from an anecdotal perspective. What the coach thinks when he's just watching them play and train. And that's as considered by the selectors and his coaches. And then your team's got to have a profile and balance. If it's like a, wicket, a cricket team, you've got to have a wicket keeper. So sometimes you've got to put a cricket a wicketkeeper in and someone misses out who may be a better player. Or if it's a prop in rugby, you don't need the big guy, but might not be the best, but he's the only prop you can put in there. The in-season stats relative to a position. This is just for the high teams, the first and second 11s and 15s. 
So what their stats say about their games and their performance, like they might be missing a lot of tackles or they can't they can't hit their run rates really slow, but they, they, they look quite good. Then our aid is strength and fitness, and we do skills tests and strengthening fish, strength and fitness testing of the boys, and they've got to reach certain standards. Each, each person has their own standard that they would wish to meet. And the last one is a year group. It's a 50-50 decision, you know. Um, we'll always take the older boy rather than the younger boy. And 50-50 is anywhere between 40 and 60%. So it's a big 50-50. Do they ask you about like what, how the players are performing like, in the gym? In the gym? Uh, I, get, I don't know how much it, it has effect on it. We do, I guess from a selection point of view, it's probably more to do with things like, are they attending training? Are they actually coming in and showing some interest? And are they actually using their time wisely? I think those indicate a boy that wants to be part of that team, potentially more than a boy who doesn't, if that makes sense. So it's quite, again, it falls into that category of these are the commitments of being part of this team and are the boys willing to commit themselves to that? Okay, And if they're not, that's fine. There's other options for them to be part of. But you want to make sure that it's fair across the whole team that if you've got some boys that are committed and some boys that aren't then potentially it's more about their attendance and their commitment to it not necessarily are they the strongest are they the fastest are they the fittest and I think sometimes we get caught up in that as well we get caught up in oh you have to be the fastest to be in the team or it's actually about showing some good attitude showing some some um even something like communicating well right why are you not there what can't you do being planned and organized and having that information relayed to coaches, um, we do do testing and stuff. Which, again, that gives us a that gives us a marker, but it's not the it's not the only mark that is judged on. You know, if someone says, "How fit is this person?" You need to have a little bit of detail, and you need to have a mark, but it's not the only mark that's used.